the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. The proper understanding of God's grace relieved him from an unhealthy fear that God is unloving, that God is uh, easily angered, that God is quick to punish, hard to please. He said, a proper understanding of God's grace developed within me a healthy fear and relieved an improper fear. And there is a big difference. We must have a reverential fear of God who is our loving Father in heaven. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. The Bible teaches us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. As we read the psalmist's exaltation of the glories of God's Word in Psalm 119, he speaks of how God's Word revealed the heart of God to him, and that produced in him a healthy, reverential fear of God. In today's message, Pastor Gary will show us how God's Word will give us a greater understanding of who God is. And as we grow in the knowledge of God, we will love Him more and more. Allow God's Word to set you free from all other lesser fears through the knowledge of Him. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with part one of his message, The Blessing and Benefits of the Bible. Psalm 119, I'm going to begin at verse 113. That's where we left off last time. You'll notice the Hebrew letter that is the subtitle to this section is pronounced Samech. Samech. Verse 113, the psalmist says, I hate double-minded men, but I love your law. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Away from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commands of my God. Sustain me according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. Uphold me, and I will be delivered. I will always have regard for your decrees. You reject all who stray from your decrees, for their deceitfulness is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your statutes. My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. So it's that last verse that I want to highlight in this section, verse 120. Again, the psalmist says, My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. It's number 15 on our list. When we read the Bible and put it into our hearts, it produces in me a healthy fear of God. A healthy fear of God. This is what the psalmist writes here. My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. 
Now, I was intentional on this point saying a healthy fear of God because how many of you understand there's an unhealthy fear of God? There is a proper way to fear Him with a holy reverence and respect, and then there's an unhealthy fear of God whereby some people view God as someone who is temperamental, usually angry, hard to please, quick to punish. That is sadly the view that some of you have of God. It amazes me over the 30 years of ministry as I've talked to people and interacted with people. Some people have a proper view of God that he is Father God. And others of you have the view that he's the God Father. (laughs) And there's a big difference. Okay? Father God says, let me count the ways that I love you. The God Father says, give me a reason to love you. And some of you think of God like that. He's kind of like the Godfather, like, oh, my, I have to, you know, show myself worthy of his love. And he loves us with an everlasting love. Father God says, I will break the bondage of sin. The Godfather says, I'll break your legs. Yeah. And that's how some of you are always in the fear of God, ready to punish you, ready to break your legs. Father God says, one wrong move, two wrong moves, many wrong moves, and I will take you back. The Godfather says, one wrong move. And you won't be able to move again. You know what I'm saying here? (laughs) So he's not the Godfather. He is Father God. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Who fear him. As a father has compassion on his children. God is our father. And he should be seen as our father. But in being Revered as our father, he needs to also be feared in the sense of having a holy, deep, deep reverence and respect for who he is. Not in the sense that he, you know, didn't get his morning cup of coffee, so he's out to harm you today, but that he's a loving father. But because he's our father, he is worthy of our honor. He is worthy of our respect. He is worthy of our adoration and our love. He is our loving father. But we must still fear him in a healthy way because the same father who loves us also happens to be the righteous judge of the universe. And if the church is to exist, it must recapture a holy reverence for God. We've gotten too complacent with God. We're treating him now like he's our buddy instead of being our savior. We treat him like he's just like the next door neighbor rather than being our Lord. He is creator He is God. He is magnificent and majestic in all his ways. And he is to be revered in a holy and a healthy way. It was a healthy fear of God that caused Moses in Exodus chapter 3 to take off his sandals because he was standing in the presence of God on holy ground. It was a holy, healthy fear of God that caused the disciples one day when they were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and Jesus calmed the storm to fear the Lord. In Mark 4, verse 41, it records it. It says, and they were filled, the disciples were filled with fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It was a healthy fear of God that caused one of the thieves who was being crucified alongside with Jesus to rebuke the other thief who was being crucified with Jesus when that other thief insulted Jesus saying, if you're really all that powerful, why don't you take us all off these crosses? The one thief rebuked that thief and said, it's recorded in Luke 23, 40 to 41, don't you fear God? We are punished justly, or we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. 
And for that proper rebuke, Jesus promised that thief paradise. It was a healthy fear of God that struck the early church in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira lied to God and deceived the disciples about their generosity. And so God struck them dead. And when they were struck dead, fear, the Bible says in Acts 5 verse 11, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. That's a healthy fear of God. It is a deep, deep respect and reverence for a holy and righteous God who was also a loving and compassionate Father. Now, it can sometimes be hard to kind of wrap our minds around what is proper fear, healthy fear, from improper, unhealthy fear. I think John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, helps us in this regard. Most of us, if not all of us at some time in our life, have sung Amazing Grace. And there's a line in Amazing Grace where John Newton penned these words. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear relieved." What he's saying is, it was when I understood God's grace, which is God's unmerited favor towards me. I didn't do anything to deserve it. John Newton knew this. He was the captain of a slave trade ship. And when he got radically saved, he understood the, the, the sin of his own heart and the sin of his own livelihood. And he repented of it. In fact, when, when he was near death, he said, two things I remember. I am a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. But when he wrote Amazing Grace, he understood. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. When I understood God's grace, his unmerited favor towards me, it taught me a reverential fear of God in a holy and respectful way. When I understood how much God loved me and the favor upon me that I didn't deserve and couldn't earn, it gave me within a deep sense of respect and reverence for a holy God, a loving Father. But at the same time, "'twas grace that relieved that fear. In other words, the proper understanding of God's grace relieved him from an unhealthy fear that God is unloving, that God is uh, easily angered, that God is quick to punish, hard to please. He said, a proper understanding of God's grace developed within me a healthy fear and relieved an improper fear. And there is a big difference. We must have a reverential fear of God who is our loving Father in heaven because a healthy fear of God will motivate us to pure living because we don't want to dishonor or disrespect our loving Father in heaven who also happens to be the righteous judge of the universe. Now, there are many things that the Bible says will be appropriated to our lives when we have a healthy fear of God. I'm only going to list five real quickly for you, and I'm just going to run through a list of these five. I'm not even going to bring commentary to it. Let the Scripture speak for itself. But there are many things we could say, what does a healthy fear of God mean in my life, in your life? And here are five simple things the Bible says it means in our life when we have a healthy fear of God. Number one, it means a secure life. Proverbs 14.26 says, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. Number two, it also means a restful life. In Proverbs 19.23, it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. The one rests content, untouched by trouble. Number three, it also means a blessed life. 
In Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. Number four, it also means a long life. In Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. And number five, Psalm 34, verse 7, tells us it means a protected life. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God, and he delivers them. Now, the list is endless, really, when you think of the many wonderful ways the Bible says when we fear God, this is what it means in our life. But the basic point here is the psalmist is saying in this section, when we read God's word, it will produce in us a healthy, proper fear of God. The next section. Look with me in your Bibles here, starting in verse 121. The Hebrew letter of the alphabet is pronounced ayin, ayin. Verse 121 says, I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Let not the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me a discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, O Lord. Your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. I want to highlight that last verse with you, verse 128. He says, And because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. It's number 16 on our list. It causes me to hate wrong paths. Now, hate is a strong word. I think we'd all agree. And yet it is the word that the psalmist chooses here. And it is translated hate in every English translation. And the Hebrew word for hate in this passage is sane. Sane. And it means to have disgust or revulsion for something. To have disgust or revulsion for something. So the psalmist is intentional here. He has disgust for something. And and because he reads God's word and understands the right path, he hates every wrong path. Now, the word wrong in Hebrew, or it's translated false in some of your Bibles. ESV uses the word false instead of wrong. It's the Hebrew word sheker, and it means untrue, false, lying, or deceptive. So whatever he hates, whatever he's writing about here that he hates, it is something false and deceptive, and it's well-traveled. Because he says that he hates every wrong path. Some of your translations, ESV says the word way. It is the Hebrew word arach. And Vine's translation translates the word, Vine's dictionary translates it a well-trodden road. All right? So it's a well-traveled road. That the path that he hates is well-traveled. In other words, it's very popular. A lot of people are on this, on this path that is a false path, a lying path, and in addition... The word every is used here. I hate every wrong path or every false way. And the word every implies that there are multiple wrong or false paths. And he hates every one of them. So this is, this is serious what he's writing about here. And I don't think that he hates every wrong path because he's on them. 
I think quite to the contrary, he's not on the wrong path. He's on the right path because he understands what is right and true because he knows God's word. What he hates are all these lying, deceptive paths that have the potential to lead so many people astray. He hates all these well-traveled, very popular roads. They are well-trodden, is the word that is translated here for path or road. He hates all these lying, deceptive paths that so many people are on that are leading them astray. Now, please note the distinction. He does not hate the people. He hates the paths that the people are on. In fact, he loves the people so much, that's why he hates the paths. Because he sees so many people being deceived and being lied to. And there are a lot of well-traveled, popular roads that are leading many people astray, even in our own culture. Very popular paths, very well-traveled, that are lying, deceiving paths. Okay, you know them. I'll highlight a few. This is one that has been perpetrated upon the human race since the 30s. Is this whole concept that we all, here's the lie, here's the lying path. We all crawled out of a pond one day long ago. And then we sprouted arms and sprouted legs. Started walking upright and got a job. (laughs) That is a lie that's being perpetrated upon the human race. And a lot of people are on that path. When the truth is that God says that he created us in his image and his likeness with intention and purpose. That we were not some just organism that eventually evolved over gradual modifications over successive periods of time. That we were created in the image and likeness of God himself with intention and purpose for our life. That's the truth that counters that lie. There are other paths in our culture right now that are lying and deceiving people. This has become a more popular path that is becoming more widely accepted that somehow God made some mistakes with people and that some people who are boys were really intended to be girls and some people who were girls were really intended to be boys. That is a lie. The truth of the matter is that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. And the Bible says you are God's workmanship, meaning his work of art created in Christ Jesus. God does not make any mistakes. There are no accidents. You were created with purpose and value. God loves you, and he created you in his image and his likeness, being fearfully and wonderfully made. There's another lie that many people have traveled that our culture is perpetrating upon the people. Express yourself sexually outside of marriage. Experiment with illegal drugs. Abuse alcohol. Then you will find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. That is a lie. The truth is that while those things may be pleasurable for a season, in the end, they only lead to disappointment and emptiness. And they rob you of ultimate fulfillment that can only be found in a relationship with Christ. There's another wrong lie and a long, and a long lying path that people are on. It has to do with this whole concept that all paths lead to God. Just find your path and you'll eventually get there. The truth is that there is only one way promised through the one who himself said, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. And that one way is Jesus Christ. Our world is full of well-traveled paths that are lying and deceiving many people, promising much, but delivering little, offering satisfaction, but proving empty. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You can find that road that leads to life when you read the Bible. And when you do so, you will know what is right and what is true, and you will hate every wrong path that is deceiving other people, and you will do all you can to help other people who are on those lying paths to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The next section is starting in verse 129. It is the Hebrew letter Pei. It is spelled P-E, but it is pronounced Pei. Verse 129, the psalmist writes, Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. I want to highlight in this section verse 130. Verse 130 says again, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. There's a similar passage in Psalm 19, verse 7, which says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. This is what this passage teaches. It's number 17 on our list. It makes the simple wise. Now, the word simple is used here by the psalmist there in in verse 130, and the word simple can mean young, It can mean inexperienced. It can mean uneducated or one who lacks common sense. I think you would agree with me that not everyone has the same exposure to the same information in our world. Not everyone has the same opportunity to learn and to get a good education. And even those who have been exposed to a relatively good education. uh, I, I came to realize early in my life, being very thankful that I grew up in this area and had the exposure to a pretty good, decent education, I became very aware pretty early on in school that not all minds are the same. Did you ever notice that? I remember in my high school Latin class, David Chu. David Chu came in one day to Latin class and told us he had gotten a perfect score on the SAT. Perfect. Perfect score on the SAT. I remember thinking to myself, I was just glad to get the 200 points for putting my name on the SAT. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I, I heard that. It's like you get 200 points just for putting your name down. David, you got a perfect score. Good for you, David. I have no idea what that feels like, but good for you. But I also remember David having a meltdown in Latin class because I, I was like, what's wrong, David? How are you? What's wrong? He said, I, I, I didn't get a perfect score on my Latin exam. I didn't know how to comfort him. 
What if I didn't say to that? I know how you feel. I don't know how he feels. I got many wrong test scores on my Latin exams. And then there was Mrs. Havard's chemistry class. Oh, Mrs. Havard's chemistry class. I remember the whole year thinking to myself, what is she talking about? We're so glad you joined us for Pastor Gary's message today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching in the book of Psalms and that God is whispering the words of comfort and strength to your heart. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you can hear all of Pastor Gary's messages through this book, as well as the entire Bible. Be sure to check out the companion resources while you're there, found under the Teachings tab. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about how God is working in your life. Feel free to join the conversation on our Facebook page or check out what's going on at Cornerstone Connection on Twitter or Instagram. We're here to chat with you in person too. So give us a call at 703-771-1500. Let us know how we can be praying for you That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Pastor Gary will have much more to share from his verse-by-verse study through Psalms when you join us again, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.